0: Welcome to the Setting Captives Free podcast, where we discuss how the gospel of Jesus Christ brings power and freedom to our daily lives, and real and lasting hope for the future. Now, here is your host, Mike Cleveland.
1: Okay, welcome everyone. Mike and Jody Cleveland here with you. So glad to have you with us. And we're talking about the old and new covenants, aren't we, Jody? And how the difference between them uh, really affects the way we live, doesn't it? It
0: it does. And we have been going through Hebrews eight. It's been such an enjoyable study and really enlightening about how deep the new covenant affects our lives. All the way uh, in every single area is permeated by this new covenant when we put faith in Jesus.
1: Well, it says that I will put my laws in your minds and write them on your hearts. Right. And so how much deeper could it be? The things we love and the things we think about.
0: Yeah, very good. Yes. So
1: this is how deep the new covenant goes. It affects our desires, our loves, our passions. It affects our thoughts. Uh, one of the things that I used to really struggle with is thought strongholds. right? Where I would have a picture or an image, usually an impure one in my mind, that would not seem to leave. Well, under the new covenant, God puts his word, his thoughts, the mind of Christ into our minds. And that deeply affects us. It changes the way we think.
0: It does. I mean, for me, it was fear and anxiety. And um, those were my dominating thought strongholds, but Christ and his cross obliterates them. You know, I am so relieved. I sleep well. I am not anxious about life or the future or our children anymore because I am resting in and, and Jesus and trusting if he if God has uh, secured my uh, eternity through Christ's death and resurrection, how much more my daily life, right? So there's no reason to panic in life. <laughs> They're just not. God's got us. That's We're safe. That's and, right?
1: and you know, you remind me of the excellent uh, Wife or woman in Proverbs thirty-one, it says she smiles at the future.
0: Right, she does. That's yeah. what
1: the cross enables us to do.
0: Mm. Jesus
1: has removed our sin; He's defeated our worst enemy, mm. and and so what is there not to smile about? We look forward to everything in the future. So um, that's just a side note. So He writes <laughs> that was for free uh, His law in our minds and on our hearts. And here's a benefit that we did not get to before of the new covenant that is a change from the old covenant. Sure. God says, I will be their God and they will be my people. Now, Jody, this speaks of ownership. This speaks of the fact that God will never turn away from us. He, under the new covenant, Jesus has removed your sin so that God would be your God. Mm -hmm. That God would be able to come and live inside of you by his spirit because you have no sin. Mm. Isn't that amazing?
0: It is. It is. The old covenant law was, um, you know... Merit based and also sacrificial, right? So they had to kill these innocent uh, animals, these perfect, spotless, blameless animals, right? Um, To appease, right? To appease God. And now, no, no longer. We have a new covenant. God has been appeased he has been satisfied in Christ Jesus his death and resurrection yeah. for us so he's accepted that payment that atoning sacrifice once for all no more sacrifices needed so now the now we have a relationship mm-hmm. right he's he's our god we're his people yes. there's the, the ownership it's relational it's beautiful yeah. and it's it's so peaceful mm. because God declares, "I am your God, and He declares you are my people, right? Mm-hmm. so there's no more of this. Does He accept me today? Mm-hmm. Oh, I wonder if God's happy with me. Mm-hmm. What do I gotta do to make God be pleased with me? <laughs> oh no, you know there's no more of that right? no more uh ongoing sacrifices, hoping that uh God will be appeased. no more of that,
1: yeah, the ownership is essential because um. We need to know that God is our God and for us, yes. and will never leave us or forsake us. Yes. And this is one of the benefits of the new covenant that Jesus instituted when he shed his blood on the cross. Mm. He, in essence, purchased us for God. Yes. Right? He made that payment and and enabled God to say, you're my people. Mm-hmm. I'm your God. Yes. And this was illustrate the book of Hosea where God told Hosea to go and receive his wife, Gomer, back, even though she had lived as a prostitute. He said, you are to be her husband. She is to be your wife. Mm -hmm. You are to own her no matter what she has done. And she's to be your wife. And you're to receive her and accept her. Mm -hmm. And this is the way it is under the new covenant. We've all been spiritually adulterous. Mm -hmm. And yet God says, I'm your God. I, you are my people. Mm -hmm. I, there's a family resemblance now Mm -hmm. in the way in which we live amongst each other. There's a family resemblance. And so when sin has made us feel that we're far away, God says, you're my people Mm -hmm. still. I'm still your God, yes, because Jesus has dealt with your sin mm-hmm. and has removed it from you. And so there can be no block now between relationships. And so Jody, this aspect of, of ownership, where Jesus purchased us for God, where God's our God, how does that affect you as you think about it?
0: Well, goodness. You know, especially um I'm thinking about in relationships because I'm thinking I thought you were going to go there with that because um I was thinking how knowing that God has purchased you changes my view of you. Hmm. Now you're not this um person that uh wields power over me. Hmm. Now you're my brother, my co-heir in the kingdom, right? Amen. And you you um We cooperate together in the gospel. We work together with one another, loving each other and serving each other. Sometimes you serve me, sometimes I serve you, sometimes we serve other people together. Mm -hmm. All of it's done in cooperation with the Spirit of God in us, with the the love of Jesus um, in us, right? Mm -hmm. So it changes everything about how we, not only how we relate to God, but how we relate to each other.
1: That's excellent. And that's the benefit of the new covenant. Isn't it? (gasps) Uh, Under the old covenant, you were always trepidatious. Is he going to disown me? You know, and that made you feel in your relationship with other people that I can disown you. Right. Right? You sin against me. Hey, you may not be my wife. You may not be my friend. You may not, we may not have a relationship anymore because of what you did. Oh, that's so old covenant. It is. Right. And now we have the new covenant where God's spirit is within us and the mind of Christ is within us. And we share love openly together. You are my wife. I am your husband you know, and that forever. Uh, and so it's a beautiful difference between the old and the new. It is. And then we go on to verse 11 and something interesting we see will happen in the new covenant. You want to read verse 11, Jody?
0: And they shall not teach each one his neighbor and each one his brother saying, know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest. Okay, so, you know, this is such a beautiful, beautiful, um, transition here, uh, back in the olden um, under the old covenant, there were priests and there were, um, uh, in, they, they were over the people and they had to instruct them and tell them what God said. There were prophets that came with, I have a message from the Lord, right? You know, and now it's changed. Now it's changed. Now the spirit of God is in our hearts and from the least servants, slaves, uh children, um women, uh these these um in the old covenant society uh would have been uh, people of no value or little value, now they will know God. It's changed completely.
1: Isn't that beautiful? Right? <clears throat> and this is one of the promises of the new covenant. is this intimate knowledge of God yes. that we have. It's when it says, they will all know me. <clears throat> this is like when in the Old Testament, <clears throat> Adam knew his wife, Eve. It's intimate. Right? Yeah. It's a oneness. It's an intimacy. It's not merely having information no. <clears throat> about God. It's an oneness and knowing an intimate union with him. Mm-hmm. And it says here that nobody's going to need to teach us to know him because we will all know him. I love how you brought out the least to the greatest. will all know me. <clears throat> Sorry. And you think about what sin does to you. And sin makes you into a weak and lowly and miserable and despised person. It's true. And yet the weak, the lowly, the miserable, the despised, the least, the least will know God just like Billy Graham, Mm -hmm. just like the greatest Christian you can think of. From the least to the greatest. And I like how he puts the least first. (laughs) (laughs) Right?
0: Well, I think about Onesimus who Philemon uh, was, it was his slave that ran away. Right. And Paul, they met up in prison, I think. And um, and Onesimus receives the gospel and Paul sends Onesimus back. Well, um, tradition tells us, or history tells us that um, Onesimus became a pastor. Yeah. That's so beautiful from despised a slave, you know, worthy of death, right? Mm -hmm. Because of what he had done. Um, Now, pastor.
1: Isn't that awesome? So
0: beautiful. Yeah, The
1: least received this intimate knowledge of God. Yeah. Now we have to go to the next verse because this tells us how we can know God. There's only one way in which a person truly comes to know God. Oh, okay. Verse 12. For I will forgive their wickedness, yes. and I will never again remember their sins.
0: Hallelujah.
1: Jody, we know God through the forgiveness of our sins. We do. We He has revealed himself to us at the cross as the one who has forgiven our every sin. Right. Our deepest sin, our worst sin, our every sin yeah. has been forgiven. Forgiveness seem, simply means the canceling of a debt, and at the cross... Jesus canceled your debt of sins. He also canceled your record of wrongs. Right. There is no record anymore that you've ever sinned. And this is how he defeated Satan is by removing all the evidence that Satan has in which to accuse you. Right. Satan's mouth has been shut at the cross. He has nothing to say. There is no evidence. Right. Because Jesus took ownership of your sin, and he canceled your debt and made you free from your sin. Mm. And And by this, you should be drawn to God. Mm. Right? Because God sent his son out of love for you. And this should draw you to God because God is a great forgiver. He is. He forgives our sin, and that's how we know him. How did the prodigal son really come to know his father?
0: When he came back.
1: Right? Right.
0: Through forgiveness. Yes, he came back. And because, think about it at the beginning, he he was like, he basically said to his father, I wish you were dead. Yeah. I just want my inheritance. Give me the money. And, uh, and, so and that the...
1: relationship was dead when he was separated. There was no interaction or communication whatsoever. Zero. Right. But when he came back with his tail between his legs, with this speech all memorized, where he was going to say, my father, I've sinned against you. And, and the I'd father- like to be
0: a servant in your house. Right. I'd yeah. like
1: to be a servant. And the father ran out, threw his arms around him. And the son starts the memorized speech, father, I have sinned. The father interrupts him. and throws his arm around, you're home, get the fatted calf, let's have a sacrifice and a celebration. Yeah, bring the robe, bring the ring,
0: bring the sandals, let's get it on, we're going to have a party.
1: The least of them came to know his father this way through the forgiveness of his sins. Yes. And this is how each person who comes to really know God uh, experiences that intimacy and union, it's through forgiveness.
0: Right. And if God has forgot, given our sins and remembers them no more, it would be wrong of us to say, uh, remember that time when you, mm. you know, I, I, it's just like when you, you know, this whole gougy interaction type of way that um, sometimes we want to interact with each other when we sin against each other.
1: And so that's important because we're discussing how the new covenant affects how we live in relationships. So if God has destroyed our record of wrongs, how dare we keep any records of wrongs done against us? It's wrong. Maybe people hearing this would need to go rip up the emails or maybe destroy the record of wrongs that whoever has done against them, because that's not new covenant living. Jody, as we bring this to, to a close, why don't you read verse 13?
0: Oh, 13. In speaking of a new covenant, he makes the first one obsolete. And what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away.
1: Hebrews was written around AD 68 to 69. Mm-hmm. The temple where it was destroyed in AD 70, which was the last remnant of the old covenant Mm -hmm. where the sacrifices still happened. That had to be destroyed. The old covenant law was destroyed, nailed to the cross. Yes. The old covenant sacrifices were destroyed in AD 70. The old covenant is now obsolete Mm -hmm. and has disappeared. Yes. We live under a new covenant now. We do. And I'd just like to ask you to pray in closing for someone who may now see the difference between how they've been living in their relationships, maybe treating uh, someone according to their sins, Mm. according to the old covenant. And now they see, oh, I'm not treated that way. And I don't want to treat others that way. Can you close us in prayer?
0: Yes. Father in heaven, we thank you so much that you are merciful toward us, that you do not remember our sins. You do not count them against us because Jesus has died on the cross and removed our sin from us, clothed us in righteousness, made us righteous. We are holy and perfect in Jesus. And we just praise you for this miraculous work. That you have done, and Father, I ask, I ask that you would um, open our minds to understand and our hearts to receive the truth of this gospel, Amen. so that we will live differently um, toward one another. That we will be, receive the forgiveness. Uh, for ourselves, receive this wonderful mercy, know that our sins are forgiven and you're not counting us, our sins against us. You're not treating us as our sins deserve. And, Mm -hmm. and in that knowledge, in that truth, that we would look at one another as forgiven sinners, as people that you love and cherish as people that Jesus died to save and that we would not hold their sins against them, and we would not treat them as their sins deserve. Oh, God, we ask that your name would be glorified, that we would walk worthy of the gospel um, by loving one another as you have loved us and forgiving others as you have forgiven us in Christ Jesus. I pray this in Jesus' name.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to the Setting Captives Free podcast. For free online Bible studies or group study material, please join us at settingcaptivesfree.com.